brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take a little trip with me and... Hopefully you can see how the hood, suburbs, and main street are all connected. Not respected, I mean, we network across the globe because it's a global market in case you didn't know. And since we all about information flow, let me be the first one to welcome you to Tech Zone with Paul Amadeus Lane. Let's talk tech because technology changing the game. It's all good in the hood. It's everywhere. Now let's get to the show because we live on air. Yeah. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Tech Zone. I am Paul Amadeus Lane, and it is my honor to have you with me. We welcome you who are listening here nationally and you who are tuning in internationally. It's so, uh, so much a joy uh, to be able to be with you on the show, talk about technology, talk about things out there. I'm sure you're going to have a great time. If not, let me know. I can switch it up a little bit. On our show, coming up in our second segment of the show, we're going to be talking to an individual and how he is using technology to help motivate, to help innovate, to help um, ones out when it comes to their personal freedom and how his story uh, is really going to touch you. So you don't want to miss that. Also, coming up in this segment, we know E3 is right around the corner. And I'm so happy to be covering E3. This is about my fifth or sixth year of covering E3, and I'm looking so forward to it. I want to give a huge shout out right quick to the folks over at Live U. Their solo unit is going to be the reason why we were able to broadcast live from the floor of E3 and at uh, various events that we will be covering during E3, different press conferences, all because of our great folks over at live view so what do we have to look forward to this year at e3 and we know it was announced earlier this year that it's now open to the public and those tickets have been sold out so what does that mean for industry professionals uh, media who now have to share the stage and the spotlight with fans and also fanboy out there well, I decided to have my great friend join me to talk about it. And you know I had to have my dude join me on the show as we're going to talk about E3 that's coming up next week. Tony Polanco, gamer, reporter, editor, you name it, host of The Throwdown. What's going on, Tony? My man, Paul, how you been, man? Thank you for having me on once again on the Tech 
zone, man. Looking forward to this. Man, you know how we do it because we met what four or four years ago at E3. So we said we had that. We we always gotta have our, our annual E3 chat because it was cool because Tony and I would always sit by each other at the Xbox conference. And we're gonna talk about that later on today, too. But uh and then Tony and I just connected last year. We said, Hey, we gotta hook up, man. We gotta talk games, we gotta do this, gotta do that. Man, you've been pretty busy lately, man. How's the writing going? Man, it's crazy. Like, I think I said this in like a previous episode because I've been doing this joint like for free most of my life, right? Or at least for the last five years. And now since November 2015, I actually became a, I guess you could call it a, a professional, paid professional. So I've been just enjoying the ride, man. Like just writing about things I love and getting paid for it. To me, I'm still like, if some somebody's going to show up at my house and be like, yo, we made a mistake. You, we can't be paying you for this. You're having too much fun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's wild, man. Like, I'm just saying, like, if you really want to do something, it's going to sound corny. Dreams can't come true, man. You just got to stick with it, man. I'm living the dream right now, man. I'm loving every second of it, you know? Yeah, real talk, my man. Real talk. So, hey, so let's talk about E3 is coming up. You and I talked about, I think uh, a few months ago, we talked about fanboys yeah. be able to be there this time. And... What's been kind of the kind of the feedback in the in the gaming community, you know, when it comes to fanboy being an artist are starting to taunt us now online? Oh man, here's the thing, because there's a very there's a distinction, right? There's fans, right? A fan just enjoys the products, they enjoy the culture, all that, and you know, that's just it. Fanboys, on the other hand, they take it to a whole other level. They have a very cult-like mentality. You know what I'm saying? And that stuff gets kind of dangerous because you have people threatening developers and all that other stuff, you know, fighting with each other on Twitter and social media. It's getting a little crazy out there. And now, like, because they're acting like this whole console war stuff is like an actual war you know back in the day you would call it console war but it would just be like a joke or whatever but now these dudes are taking it serious you know it's like yo guys calm it down man but and i don't even know how to like solve that i don't know if it's like a, I don't know man it's crazy like, like uh, here's the thing it's as weird as it's gonna sound i think like perhaps the problem may be social media itself you know it's letting like all the ugliest parts of people just come out you know now, well said, my friend, because you look at some of the social media wars out there that we've seen, people getting crazy, people losing their jobs, they're, you know, they're, they're using these racial slurs, homophobic slurs, and, and everything, and, and it's like, social media brings out, I want to say, it can bring out the best in people, but also can bring out the worst in people, because people are sitting behind behind that smartphone, sitting behind their, their console, sitting behind whatever electronic device they got, and they feel emboldened, they feel... They feel, you know, hyped up and they necessarily won't tell you to it to your face, but they'll do it behind behind closed doors. And and it's like I'm a use a line of Rodney King. You know, I grew up in L.A. and Compton, Long Beach during the riots. And I remember Rodney King said, stood up in the press conference. He said, can we all just get along? So can we just get yeah. along, you know, and just have fun? Let's let's enjoy the games. And, and, and Tony, I'm, I was looking at the, the lineup of what's happening. At, uh, at E3. And one of the things that, that shocked me, and I'm kind of glad, is that Sony's, their uh, media event, their press conference is going to be streamed in different theaters nationwide, yes. man. That's sweet. But you and I, we get a chance to be there live in a living color, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, by the way, In Living Color, fantastic show from back in the day. <laughs> but yeah, yo, and I, they did that last year. I, I know a bunch of my friends who you know are just regular gamers. They went to they had like events going to theaters and stuff. It's like, you know, for, for, for us back in, in the day when we'll go watch Star Wars and stuff, it would be like a big event. 
for them going to the Sony joint was a big event, you know? So I'm glad they're doing it this year, but it also lets me know that Sony has something pretty big, ha- you know, planned because remember last year they had the whole orchestra and all that other craziness and stuff. Oh, yeah. So I'm expecting something on that level. That press conference was one of the very best I've ever seen, man. No fluff, nothing but games. If you think about it, the only developer that came out was Hideo Kojima. And my man came out like a rock star. <laughs> you know, it was like a oh, presentation. Because yeah. that's the thing I always tell people. Like, some people playing, oh, they only showed, um, you know, CG. They, don't, they didn't really give a release date. It's like, okay, yeah, that stuff is important. You got to show gameplay and release dates. But at the same time, it's also a show. You got to put on a, a, a like a grandiose presentation right and that's what's part of that so it's not just like information dumps you got to put on an entertaining show and sony definitely delivered on that point and i expect that to happen again especially because they're going to be having it in the movie theaters and, and you know you know it was bananas um after e3 last year i covered comic-con in san diego and i'm interviewing actor scott porter from friday night lights and a lot of other things and he and I was talking about gaming he was like yo at play at Sony last year. I said, Scott, I was there too, man. So it was like we were like gaming out on each other, you know, when because last year they put on a show. And and we know Microsoft fell a little bit short, and maybe that's why they're kind of blackballing me this time oh, for, for the media event because I got an email back in February talking about save the date. But I, I guess they might they might have watched my coverage I gave I gave about them. But I was just being real. I was just keeping it 100. And and, and here's the thing. If you are going to have this grandiose event at the Galen Center in Los Angeles, in this the, 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 this beautiful this beautiful you know uh, arena, and you you're not going to do as good as you did back in 2015, you better hurry up and know that we're going to talk about it. That's what I'm. They they underperformed to me, Tony. I'm sorry. Last year, you know, all they did was give us that clip about the Project Scorpio, and that was it. But the year before, when they had the Hololens and they had all—I mean, they just—and and they had the was it the Ferrari to come from the come from the ceiling? Yeah, I mean, that—that right. that was just that was just bananas, man. But you know, now you know, I, I think they're mad at me, Tony. I, I think I'm in the doghouse now, man. You know, if, it's funny if you're in a doghouse, then how did I get a clean entry? Because I, I'm apparently an Xbox hater, according to these fanboys online. You know, um, but yeah, here's the thing. I, yeah, last year I agree with you. It was. I wouldn't say it was disappointing, but it was definitely disappointing compared to the year before that. But I think this year, now we're going to get the actual Project Scorpio. I predict that we're going to get the get to see the actual box and a price. The price is the point where I'm most interested at. Because remember, from the very beginning, Microsoft, Phil Spencer was saying this is a premium price console, right? What is premium price? Let's just be honest, man. It's $500 and up. And the Xbox One wasn't even... That was $500. That wasn't billed as premium price. So... It could be even higher than that because if you think about the components that are inside this thing and your tech, you know your stuff. This thing, like try to build a PC that's equivalent to that. It's gonna cost a lot of money. Oh, you yeah. know, as a matter of fact, I think GameSpot, right? Um, you know, the the the, the website, they did build a mock-up Xbox Scorpio, right? And it cost them nearly eight hundred, nine hundred dollars, right? So I'm like, Microsoft may be taking a big hit if they're selling this thing for five hundred dollars. I think that's the lowest they could go with this thing, you know. But at the same time, because a lot of these guys are out there saying that this is going to be the, the system that's going to kill the PlayStation. <laughs> no, it's not. The PlayStation has too much of a lead, right? But I think the Scorpio will be, like, great for enthusiasts, guys. Like, guys are willing to spend that $500. I think they're going to get their money's worth. But for general consumers, it's not really going to be a thing they buy. Think about it like this, right? You have the PlayStation Pro, which is essentially kind of like the Scorpio, just a little bit weaker, right? 
that wasn't adopted by the mainstream. That was mostly adopted by the hardcore guys, right? But it did very well for Sony. So I predict that's what's going to happen with Scorpio. Scorpio is not going to be like a bazillion dollar selling thing, but it's going to do very, very well for the people that it's targeted to. It's not meant to be the quote unquote PlayStation killer, but it's definitely going to do very, very well. And it's exciting just to see new tech out there. So I'm willing to, you know, just like put on, because I do have some kind of criticisms about it. As a matter of fact, and I know I'm rambling right now, but I'm just being honest. It's like, I don't really like the whole idea of like iterative consoles. I'm like, we, we don't really need a pro or a Scorpio. We can just let these things right out. But at the same time, I do like seeing where tech goes. So it'll be interesting to see Scorpio. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, one of the things too is EA. EA is like, they, they're just uh, pulling all stops at, at this E3. Because on Saturday, uh, they, they have the press conference and then, they have the EA play coming up uh, later on that day and Saturday and then Sunday and then, and then Monday too. They're pulling all spots, all stops. And, and they really want to push battlefront too. I don't know if you've seen some of the concepts of this, Yeah, yeah. but that looks yeah, ridiculous. Yo, that looks good, man. It does, doesn't it? I'm like, yeah. wow. And, and, and plus with um, the last Jedi coming out uh, this year, now they're playing on Luke, you know, that Luke's going to be in it this time. So it, it's going to be pretty amazing. Then they, they also want to highlight, you know, of course, Madden, uh, NBA, they, they want to do that one too. So out of all the EA titles, wh- which one uh, do you really want to see up close and personal? Yeah, definitely Battlefront. Here's the funny yeah. thing, because the first Battlefront, like, I didn't really buy it because it was just exclusively a multiplayer game. I like stories, right? This one, they got that story right up in the center. I'm like, okay, this is cool because Star Wars is my joint. I love Star Wars, so I'm really looking forward to that. I'll be honest, though, I'm not really like a sports guy like that. So the, all the other offerings, I'm not really too excited for. Um, and they already released uh, Mass Effect, so we, they're probably not going to do anything more on that. Hopefully, they'll talk about Dragon Age. That's another uh, EA franchise I really like. And today, um, they just announced Need for Speed, the new Need for Speed. I forget the name, name of the new game, but they have a new Need for Speed. They're probably going to have that. I don't know if it's going to be playable, though. But yeah, Need for Speed and definitely Battlefront is what I'm looking forward to with EA. My only complaint about the whole EA thing this year is like they're having it all the way out in Hollywood. I'm like, come on, man. Now we got to go travel all the way out there, too. You know, like yeah. last year, EA conference was right there next to the convention yeah, center, the LA LA Live, convention center yeah. which was nice. Nice and convenient. You know what I'm saying? You go there on your break or whatever. And I was like, ooh, it's going to be a little bit tricky getting out there. But, you know, but yeah, I think it'll be worth it just for, uh, I mean, for me, at least, uh, Star Wars Battlefront, too. Now, I heard a rumor, and I don't know if this is going to be confirmed anytime soon that E3 may be moving to Vegas. And the reason why, you know, CES is out there in Vegas. And since uh, E3 is growing, the Los Angeles Convention Center can hold all these different rooms, can have EA on one side, can have Xbox on the... They, they can do that with these different press conferences. And even though I love LA, grew up down there, I wouldn't mind going to Vegas, <laughs> Vegas for a week. but And I think it would make it a, a lot more convenient, especially... If they see, um, because you know the 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 public tickets, they 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 um sold out already. So I yeah. I, I think that they're testing the waters with this, but I, I I think I think they have outgrown L.A. because it's inconvenient. Think about it, Tony. You from you from New York? You gotta you know you're probably gonna Uber to E3, uh, and and at the convention center. But now you have to go Uber to Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood traffic, man. <laughs> I it, mean, it is man. ridiculous, you know. And it, it is, and 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 I think. I think you're probably going to see some changes. Now let's talk about uh, Ubisoft. What, what, what? Are you a big Ubisoft fan? Some of the titles that they have in the last year. They talked about the new Watchdog. You talked about 
the new uh, Star Trek game, and it kind of fizzled after that. Didn't hear a lot of a lot of buzz about it. What has been your take on Ubisoft? Yeah, Ubisoft. You know, I know a lot of gamers give them a lot of flack. I actually like Ubisoft a lot. You know, Watch Dogs Two was an excellent game. They got a new Assassin's Creed. It's funny about Assassin's Creed because we know it's coming, but Ubisoft isn't saying anything, you know. Um, so that's going to be coming. Um, I know they got the crew, new Far Cry Five, which is very controversial right now. Um, I think it's all good stuff. My thing is like, yo, can we get a new Rayman, please, man? I love that series. <laughs> but yeah, I think this year the the big ones are going to be definitely Assassin's Creed. I think it's called Origin. Um, the crew too, you know, which was is it wasn't really my cup of tea when it comes to racing games, but I know a lot of people enjoy that. Definitely Far Cry Five. That was going to be a big, you know, Ubisoft always has big showings out there, especially like their booth is always enormous and stuff. Um, Just Dance, I believe they're probably going to have as well. So yeah, I think they're going to have a good showing this year. I know, I know what you're saying about last year's conference. It was kind of whatever. So hopefully this year will be a lot better. You know? Yeah, and, and I think Aisha Taylor is going to be uh, uh, MC, and that she's pretty cool now. She she kind of stole the show, you know. Over at yeah. It, listen, I got to say this, man. The the best thing uh, Ubisoft ever did was have Aisha Tyler as the host, man. Because they used to have this one dude before her. I forgot what his name. He was on Community, right? Boring. This dude was putting everybody to sleep every year, you know. Mad unfunny jokes. But Aisha Tyler, you know, not only is she a great host, but she's a real gamer. Like she lives for this stuff. So you could tell. You know, in her like, you know, in her deliverance. So I'm glad they got her back. I'm pretty sure they probably got her locked down for like the next 10 years or something, you know. And if they don't, you should Ubisoft because she's awesome. But yeah, so I think this year will be, you know, pretty fun, you know. I know you and I talked about it off camera. We were talking about, um, you know, what's being pitched a lot in the media world. And we know it's uh, it's VR, <laughs> AR and VR is a lot of things talking about about that in the gaming wise. And, and I think they they may have one of the bigger bigger presence there this year when it comes to developmentally developmental tech and really trying to push that what do you think the the biggest hurdle there is for for VR there's a couple hurdles like to be honest like the the first one is like let's just be honest like people come home you know from a day of work or whatever right they're tired. They want to play a game now. If they want to play a VR game, they got to put on a headset, connect all these wires, all this other stuff, and then like, you know, move their arms around and all this. Like people don't really want to do that. People, most people really want to just sit down with a controller for their TV, play a game and just just that. So VR has a lot to overcome. Like maybe in the future, they'll have it. So the only thing you require is just a headset and that's it. But now there's just too much wires and all this other stuff. So that's one. And, you know, since I'm on Tech Zone with you specifically, there's also a hurdle with um, handicap gamers, right? Because I was trying out PlayStation VR for work. They, you know, they sent me the the, the the unit and stuff and I'll try and like, yo, this isn't really built for us, man. This is cumbersome. Like if you need to move around in a game, you're trying to move around in your wheelchair in your little like apartment and stuff, at least for me, I'm like, I'm bumping into stuff. And I'm like, yo, this is not comfortable at all. And then, like, your height may be off and stuff, you know, and I don't have, like, you know, an adjustable chair where I could make myself higher or anything. So it's a lot of hurdles, man. And then, to be honest, I don't think they've mastered what types of games are good for VR right right now. It's like you can only really have first-person games on it, at least from what I see. And that's kind of limiting. I know there's a lot of games out there that are in first-person view, but if that's all you could do in VR, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm talking about just gaming because I know some people may go, oh, uh, VR has so many other applications. Yes, it does. It's definitely a great tool to have. But for gaming, I'm still skeptical about it. And I'm talking about it as a guy who's tried VR pretty extensively, you know. But I do agree with you that they are trying to push this thing. And I know there are people that 
you know, do enjoy VR or at least want to see where it's going. But, you know, as far as gaming, I'm still not sure. Think about it like this, right? Oculus Rift and HTC Vive, sales-wise, they've pretty much stagnated. Nobody's buying these things. And then PlayStation VR, which is the most successful proper VR, um, you know, headset out there. No one's buying that either. So I think, I hate to say it, I think it may have, you know, and like I called it too, I think this may have just been a fad that's running its course. So this E3 may be the final time you really see a big VR push, like, you know, like like we've been expecting. You know, I think it's going to take the journey of the tablets. I remember, gosh, I want to say about 10 years ago at, at CES, they were talking about the the tablet and sales were like stagnated. Nobody, nobody needed them. And then four years ago, everybody was getting tablets. So I, you know, I, I think, I think you're going to see a tail off. Like you said, you know, I think it's ran its course right now, but I think something is going to happen. That's going to give it a, a different push. I think what they really got to work on is eye tracking. They got to They got to do it in a way that a person, if they want to use their extremities, they can use them, but it's not mandatory. They, they really need to work on that and work on, work on brain waves too. I mean, they can do that. They, they have technology, you know, that, that, that can do that. They can, they can track your, your brain waves. If you want to do this, you want to do that. And I think once they go over that hurdle, man, I think everybody's going to be getting, you know, but the purest gamers, you know, we, we like to have the controller in our hand and you brought up a good, good point. I was at a upload VR event last E3 and this one developer was there. He wanted me to try out his game so bad. I'm like, it's going to be hard, man. I'm in his wheelchair. So he, he has me all, you know, I'm all geared up. And then he starts moving my chair for me. Man, we must have unplugged that thing. And I don't think it worked right the, the, the whole night. I was like, play, I tried to tell you, you know. Yeah, I'm laughing because I've been in that almost the exact same situation. Like, like, hey, why don't you try this game? I'm like, I'm not sure I can try your game. And then I try it and it's like, yeah, see, I kind of told you this was going to happen, you know. Um, I don't know, man. I think this stuff wasn't really, like, made for us. Like, I, I know there, there are some people out there that are, like, trying to do a better job of making VR more accessible to everybody, but it was definitely a technology made for, you know, regular folk. Let's just be honest, uh, f- first and foremost, you know, not saying that's a bad thing because let's just be honest, we're in the minority when it comes to that, but it's, it's still something you want, you need to consider if you want everybody to be playing your stuff, you know, but I, you know, speaking about that, I, I have received a couple emails for E3 events. Like, Oh, why don't you try our VR game where you have to like sit on this other thing. I'm like, I'm already sitting on something, man. I can't be getting off this thing, you know? So it's like, sorry, but I can't really try that, you know? Definitely, definitely. And Tony, before I let you go, my friend, anything else you wanted to articulate to the audience about about E3 and some of the things that, that you're looking forward to coming up uh, next week? Yeah, like I said, the main thing I'm looking forward to is the Project Scorpio. I want to know the price. I want to know what the actual system's going to look like. Um, I want to know back backwards compatibility, all that other stuff. Uh, Sony's event, I'm looking forward to a lot. That's going to be a lot of fun. You know uh, you know how they always bless us with all that food beforehand. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I'm interested to see how E3 is going to function for us professionals with all those regular folks milling around, you know? I don't want to see if it's going to be as like horrendous as I fear it's going to be. I hope it's not, um, but we'll see about that. And one last quick thing, oh, you, what you said about Las Vegas, right? Um, I know they still have a contract to have E3 at the LA Convention Center for a number more years, but if they move it to Las Vegas after that, I would welcome that. I'm, I know you grew up in LA and everything. I don't like that city. I would welcome going anywhere else for E3. Me too. You know, yeah, I, but I still think this year, it should, it's going to be a good E3, man. It's going to be very, very interesting, man. So, you know, look forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. And don't, don't uh, 
Make sure you follow Tony and myself on social media because I'm I'm going to interview Tony. I'm, I'm going to try it again and do it live. I'm going to see if we can see if we can uh, we can do it without without Tony going deaf comedy jam on me. But yeah, but it's all know. good. <laughs> no, no, we have a lot of fun and and you know what? Always check out Tony. Tony, how can they check you out? Check out your writings. Check out the Throwdown Show. How can they do that, my friend? Yeah, Twitter, man. You know, um, at Romudeth, R O M U D E T H. Check out my bio. I have links to. All my stuff, geek.com, Throwdown, Coalition, everywhere I am, you know. So, yeah, please definitely follow me on uh, Twitter, man. And uh, yeah, I'm also very entertaining, I'm told, on Twitter. So, you know, you'll have that, too, you know. Yeah, so, yeah my man, Paul, you know, Paul, he'll hook you up with all that information. So, yeah, follow me on Twitter, please. Yeah, he'll talk about the tacos. He'll talk about paleo <laughs> diets. He'll talk about he'll talk about everything. But definitely uh, check out my, my man, Tony. And we didn't get a chance to talk about your Twitter hack, what happened to you, but but next time yeah. we'll we'll talk about that some some sucker tried to try to hack him and mess him up but uh yeah but you know what i won in the end man i got my account and my uh username back so i'm very very happy about that so i didn't think twitter was going to come through for me but they did man it only like a date they got they got everything back so thank you twitter <laughs> awesome great talking to you my man look forward to seeing you uh next week in e3 you already know how it is man take care man that was the dominican dominator himself Tony Polanco joining me. Looking forward to seeing him next week at E3. That's where we met several years ago, and I'm glad we have connected. Great writer. Check out his writing when it comes to, to gaming. And don't forget, you'll be able to follow our live coverage there, all because of our folks over at Live View. So make sure you follow me on all my social media uh, formats. We'll be at the different press conferences. We'll be from the floor. Um, you name it, we're going to be there. So don't miss out. We're bringing E3 to you. Hey, when we get back, we're going to be joined by a wonderful individual who's going to talk about what he's doing to help others through the use of technology. Hello and welcome back to the Tech Zone. I am Paul Amadeus Lane. Thank you so much for staying tuned with us. And, and I will tell you this, it's been an amazing ride. We'd like to uh, welcome back our, our listeners who are listening here in the U.S. and also internationally. Thank you guys so much for watching the Tech Zone, listening to the Tech Zone, podcasting the Tech Zone, you name it. I am greatly honored. When we meet people in our life, just in passing, sometimes they can leave an impression on us that just sticks to us because maybe it's something they say. Maybe it's the way they greeted you. This happened to me a few years back when I was uh, managing an NBC uh, radio affiliate station. And it was a show on there uh, talking about really empowerment. And one of the, the main hosts, it was a duel. One of the main hosts um, wasn't able to do the show anymore. So, uh, the other host would bring in guest hosts. And one time he brought in this one guest host. And I'm telling you, it just blew my mind just how articulate he was, how he used common sense when he was making a point. Wasn't yelling, wasn't boombastic. He was just, he was just chill. And I was able to find him on, on social media, started following him, following what he was doing. And this individual 
had such a great presence on social media, not just his presentation of his message, but just the message in general. And I was able to connect with him and I asked him to be a part of the show because I wanted him to share his journey on what made him who he is today, how he's able to help people via uh, technology. And then for ones out there who think technology is bad, 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 even though there's some elements of technology that, that we do want to stay away from. But after you hear this interview right here, you are definitely going to change your mind if you just think technology is bad and not have any good elements of it. And I'm so honored to have him join me on the show. And joining me right now is one of the, the baddest, baddest men on the planet when it comes to personal freedom, empowering. I'm talking about my man, Preston Smiles. What's going on, Preston? How you doing? What's going on, Paul? See, that's what I'm talking about. I I wanted to hear that, wanted to see that. My man Preston is announcing. Preston, I I tell you, I told the story before I brought you on about my first interaction with you when I was working at another radio station and you were filling in um, on a host on another show. And and it, it was interesting. I was getting ready to leave. And then I just heard this insightful, you know, voice and this voice of reason. And I was like, who was that over there talking? And then uh, I found you on Facebook. We became friends. And, and I've just been following you uh, for years. And I just want to give you props on what you're doing. You are fantastic at it, Preston. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that, man. And I actually think I remember that day. I, 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 that was a while back, too, man. Like, yeah. Quite a while. <laughs> it was, and, and that's why I always tell people. You never know what's going to happen when you cross paths with people in yes. your life. You know, you may connect with them several years down the line, but people can make an impression on you that that really stays in your mind. And and you did, my friend. And and, and what you and your wife are doing is so amazing. What I wanted to do was to talk about your journey and what what made you become the Preston Smiles that we all know and love today. Yeah, man. You, you know, I, I'm... As much as I look like a, a, a young whippersnapper, I'm actually, uh, I'll be 37 uh, in a month. Um, so I'm a grown ass man and um, I've lived many lifetimes in this lifetime. So I'll give you the cliff notes. Um, when I was, I think they said I was three or four when they started testing me because my, my mother and father, uh, my mother mainly thought that there may be something off. Um, and then when I was eight years old, they took me out of the normal classes and placed me in special education classes. And I made up a story about myself that I was dumb, that I was stupid, that I was less than, um, because, uh, you know, while I was and didn't learn like all the other kids, um, walking into a classroom where the kids were playing with blocks and drooling on themselves at eight and nine years old, uh, it had a big impression on me. And so I, I began to seek approval and, and, and security outside of myself. And I started wearing a mask in, in order to get people to like me. So I would bully the bullies. I would uh, befriend the nerds. I was really good at sports because my dad would celebrate me when I was good at sports. And, um, and that led me to joining a gang when I was le- 11 years old. Um, when I was 15 years old, 
a friend of mine, best friend, asked me to come out and hang and drink and be stupid 15-year-olds like we had been all the other nights. And this particular night was the first time that it was a no for me. It was the first time I understood intuition. And uh, I said no. And, you know, they made fun of me for a little bit. And then they hung up the phone. And he was like, oh, well, I got shotgun then since you're not coming. And shotgun, for those of you guys who aren't familiar with that, means I got the front seat. And so Scott got the front seat. And an hour later, after they hung up the phone with me, they pulled up to a 7-Eleven in Gardena, California. And a disgruntled guy was in the car next to them. And he asked Scott what he was looking at. And Scott, being a 16-year-old punk, was like, I'm looking at you. And the guy got out with an automatic weapon and shot him in the head and shot everybody in the van that I was in the night before and the night before and the night before. And so this was a huge awakening for me because I got really scared. Everything got real. You know, when you're 15, you think you're invincible. And then something like that happens. And I asked my father, could I leave? And he said, where do you want to go? I said, I don't care. I just can't be in this city right now. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but I kind of like lived that because I, I got on a plane to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I got off the plane. There was a sign with my name on it. There's a woman named Shirley Russell. She's still my mom to this day. She was sitting next to my mom at my wedding last year. Um, Shirley took me in. She was my dad's high school sweetheart. And she lived in North Allegheny County, which was this really sort of wealthy county in uh, the suburbs of Pittsburgh. And I remember I got there on the first day of school. We pulled up and there was like BMWs and Mercedes everywhere. They had turf football fields and you could like eat off the ground. And I got there and I was like, this is interesting. And everybody was staring at me, but not just like staring, but like smiling and staring. And I'm like, what is happening? So I, I, I go into the office and I'm checking in. And I asked the woman, I said, ma'am, are there anybody else who looks like me at this school? She said, oh, no, we have one black girl, but uh, I believe you're the only black male in the school. And so when I came to find out was that I was the only black dude in the whole school and I was like this cool alien that everybody wanted to hang out with. And that created this like awakening. And I'm wrapping a story up here where one day, a few weeks later, I had joined a new gang called Wexford Mafia. And it was a bunch of rich white kids. And I was in this kid, Brad's BMW, and we were riding to a party and they were smoking weed, drinking, listening to Outkast, Tupac and Biggie. And I had this realization in the backseat of this kid's car that all that 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 we're all doing the same things, but getting two different results based on the environment and the expectation. So the kids at my former school were smoking weed, drinking, listening to Outkast, Tupac and Biggie. And the kids at my new school were doing the same thing. Well, the kids at the new school were going to Yale and the kids at my old school were going to jail. And so I recognized and stumbled upon environmental psychology at 15 and a half. And I got to understand that underneath all of our stories, whether it be gay, straight, white, black, Christian, Muslim, underneath all of that is our truth, which is love. And that opened up a whole new space for me in understanding that you cannot rise to low expectations. So that was the beginnings of my story. You know, that, that's a that's an amazing story, my friend, you know, because me, I, I grew up in, in the Long Beach Compton area. And, and you know, yeah. and, and as you're telling that story, you know, it kind of reminds me of some of the things that, that, that I went through, too. And I, and I can definitely, definitely relate because there was a lot of a lot of my friends that I grew up with who was about that life. 
who didn't make it out, you yeah. know, and who are who are in a grave or in a jail right now. And and it's just and you're right. You come to a realization, and you're like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with my life? What, what what what's my calling? And and when did you know, Preston, that that you could be that kind of beacon of of hope, beacon of love for ones out there who may not know that that they're loved and, and that they're wanted. When did you know that you had that calling? Yeah, you know, the thing with purpose and, and, and calling, so, so um, it happens in layers, right? You know, a lot of people come to me, even I have lots of people who come to me every day and they say, I want to find my one purpose and my one, one calling. And I remind them that that purpose and that calling will change and shift over time. So I was always a leader, Paul. I was always a leader. The question was, was where was I leading people to? I was always a powerful dude, right? And so when people come to me and they ask me and they say, I want to become this and I'm going to become that. I say, it's not a matter of becoming. It's a matter of revealing, revealing what's already here, right? The magic, the, the magic of Preston Smiles was already here. All I did was place intention and my attention on service and the rest of it sort of came into play. Now, to get to answer your question on a technical note, um, <laughs> when I was 25, I got sick and I had a heart condition and I didn't want to die. Nobody wants to die at 25, especially. And I went to a cardiologist and he gave me some medicine. But he said, as a, as a doctor, there's two things you need to look into your diet and your stress levels. And I explained some of my life and how some of my family members were on drugs and how I felt like it was my duty to make it. And, and to help them and save them. And he said, young man, based on what you've told me, you are highly stressed out. And that stress is, is actually killing your body. It's, it's like having an effect on your heart. And then I told him, he, said, he asked me what my diet was like, and I said, I eat food. And he was like, tell me about food. And I was like, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, I drink beer, Sloppy Joes, drink lots of milk. Like I just was naming all the stuff that all of us eat all the time, right? And um, he said, young man, that's not food. And I said, dude, what are you talking about? Of course it's food. It's on the commercials. It's what my mom eats. It's what my dad eats. It's what everybody I know eats. That's got to be food. What else is there if that's not food? And he said, you know, you might want to look into that. And so I went through this whole journey of being an angry vegan. I, I denounced my religion and I just, I just literally up, uprooted everything and questioned everything. And I began to fill my cup in such a way that people were coming to me and they, they would ask me all these questions. And there was a point when I said, everybody's asking the same questions. I should just start a YouTube channel called Questions with Preston and actually just talk about this stuff because we're all dealing with the same stuff. No matter where we are in the world, the human experience is very similar. And so that's, that was the beginnings of me creating Questions with Preston and that sort of opened up and it's continuing to open up my understanding of why I am on this planet, which is to serve people and remind them of their truth, which is love. Absolutely. And, and, and Preston, as I hear your story even more, um, you know, I had my catastrophic event when I was 23 and, and I'm kind of like you, you know, was faced with a life and death situation and, and you're wondering, you know, what's going to happen, what am I going to do? And, mm -hmm. and, and for, for ones out there who are around that age right now, 
you know, there's going to come a time where you're going to have to make life and death decisions. And, and yeah. when that happens, you have to choose wisely. And, and that's what I like about, about, about your YouTube channel and about your social media presence and, and just about what you do out there is because, you know, you talk about common sense and real talk. You know, it's not about fluff. And it, it takes me back to something I was watching the other day about you when somebody made a derogatory comment about you. And, and I, I was angry for you. And, and the way you handle it, the way you handled it was amazing because, you know, you said, I just want to love on you. I would hug you. You said, but don't get it twisted. You know, if you try to come at me, I will whoop you. And I was like, I was like, see, that that's what I'm talking about. That's real talk right there. You know, it's not fluff. It's like real talk. So I, I appreciate the way, you, the way you handled that, Preston. <laughs> yes. I'm still from L.A., man. I, You know, that, that part of me still comes up. I'm like, yo, I, I know that love is all there is. But I will also take you out if you if you get it twisted. Absolutely, that, that's what I appreciated about you. And 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 when you're out there putting yourself out there, Preston, what's what's one of your? Because I, I don't I don't I don't I don't ever sense fear in you when I watch you when I, when I listen to you. I, I never sense fear in you. But what what's kind of makes you kind of apprehensive about what? You, is there anything out there that kind of makes you just like wonder? Okay, huh, anything like that? Yeah, you know what, man. I'd say one of my biggest growth edges right now is around the African-American experience and where and how to communicate that. Um, because, you know, there's a thing that happens when you quote unquote wake up, right? So you wake up to the understanding that there's only one of us here, that we are all individual splinters of one consciousness. Right? And, and so for me, this understanding that, 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 and I don't know if I can go here on this show, but that God is in everything and everyone, and that everything, mm-hmm. no matter how we you know, may perceive it, is still a gift, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So I, on, on one hand, I understand this, and I understand not just intellectually, but like in my body, I, I have the experience of there's only one here, right? only one of us here. But on the other hand, I know that most of society still sees me as black, as African, as African-American, right? And I also, on another hand, am proud of that. It's so beautiful. We're such a gregarious, beautiful people that have been um, vilified and, um, you know, treated in a very particular way for quite a long time. And so I'm always towing the line between, you know, how to be with that because i also understand that me just being me is an awakening for many people who have uh quote unquote uh people of color boxed into this particular box of they're only this or they're only that right so me just being me me being a representative of love is teaching people that (laughs) we're all multifaceted people we all come from the same same uh source if you may. And so um, that's a tricky thing for me. Everything else I'm not afraid of. And I'm not even afraid of that. It's just something that's very, I'm very careful how I navigate that. Um, but yeah, man, like it, to me, I'm when you have something that you would die for, it creates, it creates space for you to truly live. And so as much as I don't want to die anytime soon, I would die for this. And so it, this, this bleeds out of me. This is not, oh, when the camera's on, right. 
let me try to figure out how to make money off of people. This is like, I do this because I actually care, but truly, because there wasn't a me when I was growing up. There was nobody I could look to that looked like me, that represented what I represent when I was growing up. So for me, this is my duty. It's a crime against humanity for me not to stand in my power in such a way that I become a beacon and a light for people all over the world to see who and what they are. And you know, which is love. And and that's um and and that's where I look where where technology is at today. You know, if we didn't have the YouTubes, if we didn't have yes. the um, the Instagrams and and the other other platforms that we have, you know, ones would know about you and your creative and your creative uh, mind and you just your, the love that you have for your fellow man. But it wouldn't be as vast as it is today, maybe like in one area because you live over there. But now worldwide, you know, and, and you, you visit different places, you give different uh, different motivational uh, speeches about things. Tell me how that how that has uh, changed your life, being able to do that. Dude, it's the biggest game changer in the world. You know, as I explained, I don't have a standardized brain. So when I was taking standardized tests, I sucked at those. Um and so for someone like me who doesn't learn, I, like, first of all, I'm dyslexic. I didn't mention that in the beginning. So I don't even, like, if you were to read something, Paul, and I were to read something, it would take me 10 times as long to read, what, one paragraph, right? And so for people like me who have a unique set of genius that maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago was not necessarily celebrated, or you had to have all these gatekeepers in order to, and wear a suit and be white in order to have actually be heard. Like having the internet has literally changed my life. My whole family initially wanted to talk me out of doing what I'm doing. Everybody I knew was like, you need to just keep being an actor and a performer because that's what you're good at. Everything else you kind of suck at, right? So everybody was pushing me towards this one thing. And I knew on my heart of hearts that like this was my calling. But I knew, also knew I wasn't ready yet. So I was doing this, you know, on this here and then doing this on the side until I could phase them out. And the interesting thing about this whole process is literally I would not be able to do, I wouldn't be able to affect as much change without the internet. YouTube changed my life. The internet changed everything for everybody. It took all the gatekeepers away. It's the reason why uh, television and movies are not doing that well in the actual theater, right? People don't even watch TV on TVs that much anymore. Like everything we do is from a smartphone or from uh, from a uh, personalized computer. So um, man, I am forever grateful for technology and for anybody who knows how to innovate technology and create more ways for me to reach people all over the planet. Cause that's exactly what's happening. Every day I reach hundreds of thousands of people just by pulling up my phone. Like, that's a beautiful thing. It is. And, and, you know, I wanted to give you props, too. I'm looking at your website right now. And, you know, when it comes to the About Me page, you know, and I've been guilty of this, too, about website. You know, it's my time to shine. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing, isn't it? But I'm going to read what you put on your About Me. You said, I can list a bunch of things that would make me look important and successful. But what I want you to know about me is I truly care about people, our planet, and about maximizing my potential i am committed to knowing that i will leave this world uh that uh my i'm sorry the world that my tank was empty uh, because i gave all that i had and then some in the name of love and when i read that that 
one word came to my mind, humility. You know, because sometimes, you know, in this industry, you know, we always want to be like, look at me, look at me, look at what I'm doing, doing this. I, I never get that with you, man. It's all about what can I do for you? And I think with all the social media influencers out there who kind of, and, 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 and not really throwing shade on everybody, but sometimes it's, it's all about them. But yeah. you, you have taken the step, no, it's all about the person, the individual. And I think mm -hmm. that what makes you successful. Thank you, man. I truly appreciate that. That is something, it, it is actually a really big deal for me. And I sometimes beat myself up because I don't toot my horn like everybody else does, you know? And, uh, you know, there's, it's not a race, you know? Uh, the tortoise wins anyway. But <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the race just restarts, you know? Like, life just lives. And so, for me, you know, if I can experience my own personal freedom, if I'm being a conscious choice maker, if I'm here to serve, because my understanding is that you only get to keep what you give away. And so um, I'm constantly giving that which I would love to receive myself. And I receive the, the giving is in the getting and the getting is in the giving. And it's like cyclical. Right. Um, and there's something called the law of circulation which basically says everything on our entire planet is always moving, always changing. Um, and so you can, we can be with that or we can go against it. And so for me, I'm clear that um, the more that I give, the more I receive. And that doesn't always mean uh, monetary and it doesn't mean that I receive from the same person I gave to. So like I'm with cameras off, nobody around, you go talk to some of these homeless people around here. You talk to the people at all the cafes all around where I live. You talk to anybody who's encountered me. I'm the same way with everybody. Not because I'm trying to get something, but because I'm absolutely doing my best to be of service to these humans. And I'm curious about them. Like, I think that's the thing that makes that sets me apart is I'm really curious like a child. You know, kids just like, but why? And well, tell me about you. And like, I actually <laughs> want to know. And so because of that, you know, people tend to like me and some people don't like me because of that, you know, because I'm also not a pushover. And, you know, so there's... <laughs> it makes a lot. That's what you're not a pushover. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and, and, and that brings me to mind, like, you know, we talked about God and everything. And that, that just brings me to mind a scripture that I remember when, when Jesus talked about, you know, about always being humble, like little children. And yes. you know, even when we're adults and how that will lead to our spiritual growth and, and just our maturity as a whole and and my friend you you yeah. definitely you definitely in, in, in embody that so let's talk about for a second this wonderful book right here yeah there you go right yes. there man i'm gonna tell you something you take the best pictures man your, your smile is like energetic <laughs> and light up the room so in, in this book right here uh the 33 ways to amplify your life love louder what yes what, what's the main focus of this book you know um i wrote that book because there's a particular way that I've learned to embody this work. And it's with this understanding of whatever we practice more of, we get more of. And in our fast paced society, um, I find that it's a lot more difficult for people to read, you know, 80 page chapters and like just long drawn out stuff. Um, so for me, what has worked for me is chunking things down and using one tool 
for one week. So I'll take one tool, right? Gratitude, right? It's not the happy people. It's not the it's, it's not the happy people that are grateful. Mm-hmm. It's the grateful people that are happy, right? Yeah, and too. so I'll practice gratitude. Just one thing for a whole week. Just read that little baby chapter, like five pages, right? Six pages. Read that chapter and then practice all the practical tips and tools at, in it for a week. And then I'll come back to the book and read the next chapter and do the same thing until it becomes an embodied practice. So I wrote that book with an understanding that when we amplify our love, we automatically amplify our lives. And so the two can't be separate. More love, more life. And so these are practical tools and tips for people to um, be with it. It's, this book was not written for somebody who's looking for super high level, like intricate scientific stuff. This is for somebody like my mom or my cousins or me or somebody who's like, yo, just give me like, give me the essence of it. Inspire me and then give me some stuff to work with that I can actually use in my life. Not some like super esoteric stuff that it's very hard to even grasp. Like, what does that mean? Sounds awesome. But how the hell do I do that in my life? Right. For me, I wrote that book to, to make it easier for people to reach it and apply it into their lives. I tell you, phenomenal, my friend. And before we let you go, you know, I would be uh, derelict in my duties if I didn't say talk about just how your, your lovely wife, Alexi, how she empowers you and, and how she, she completes you. Cause I, I have a, have a wife myself and she and I, we work together a lot too. And it's, it's great when you have, you know, your partner work with you and, and, and really, really down for you. Talk about what it's like to, to, to have that, have that wonderful wife that you have. Yeah, man. It's everything, everything. Relationship is everything. We are social beings. We come into this world, into village, into tribe. And when we meet someone that we that, that that had that extra thing, right? You know that thing. There's a, the, the humans. You know, there's an extra thing where you're like, ah, this is my person, right? When you meet that person, whether it be for you know the dance be for three weeks, three months, or thirty years, whatever that is, when you honor that practice and really step in and and get that they are here to teach you. Alexi holds the key to my biggest triggers, like she literally. Her just her being her creates all of this internal conflict within me. And because she's being her, it leaves me, it creates space for me to grow. And I do the same for her. And then I say that we're like, you know, conscious workout partners who get to have sex. Like she's <laughs> gorgeous and she's fun and she's my friend. Like I actually would hang out with her even if she wasn't my wife. Like she's, as you can see, we're very similar. Um, she's just as fired up and passionate Absolutely. about this work as I am. So um, when I met her, we both were like, what? You exist? And like, it was this really awesome thing where it's like, I thought I was the only one. And she's like, so did I. And like, it's perfect. So yeah, that woman is my everything. Um, she's my favorite, favorite person on the planet. I wake up next to her every day and kiss her a thousand times and tickle her and tackle her and chase her around the house. We're very... Uh, childlike in our relationship because everything's so serious the rest of the time. So um, we're very playful. 
That's cool, man. That is really cool. So how can ones find out more information about you? We got your website up right here. So how can they find out more information about you? Uh, yes. Go to PrestonSmiles.com, or if you're on anything on social media, type in at Preston Smiles, and you'll find me. Awesome. They can join the tribe. They can find out some great things about you. And Preston, it's been, I tell you, it's been phenomenal to have you on because, I, like I said, I, I've, I've, I've been watching you. I've been following you, and, and, and I always said I would love to talk to Preston and, and just, just pick his brain uh, about his mission and what he's doing and how he's inspiring people. And, and I'm telling you, my friend, you are hitting a home run out there. I wish you much success because, you know, I, I even on the, some commercials, I said, that's Preston right there. I told my wife, so you remember him at the other station when he did that show? I said, oh, yeah, I remember him. So, you know, you, you are, you're phenomenal, my friend, and, and thank you so much. Would love to catch up with you again and, and see how everything is going. But keep up the great work, and, uh, and we'll definitely talk to you soon. Likewise. Appreciate you, Paul. Oh, oh. <laughs> there we go. Got to give it up to my man, Preston Smiles. Make sure you go to his website, PrestonSmiles.com. Uh, Google him, follow him. He is definitely, definitely uh, just, you know, he's energetic when you talk. You know, you, you, you kind of draw onto him. And uh, I tell you, Preston is, uh, is an incredible human being. He and his lovely wife, uh, Alexi, definitely follow them. Their, their message is awesome. And they, I tell you, they are, they are definitely onto something. In the world in which we live in today, it's nice to have people who have common sense. You know what I mean? All right. Well, that's the end of our show. Thank you so much uh, for joining me on the Tech Zone. And don't forget, next week, we will be live at E3. So make sure you follow me on all my social media platforms, my website, PaulAmadeusLane.com. We'll be having some interviews from the floor, different press conferences, media events. We will be there giving you all the gaming news and technology news so you don't want to miss that. Until next time, please turn someone's frown into a smile. Leave someone in a better mood in what you receive them. And also, very important, love those who are unable to love themselves. Sean, get me off this crazy thing. Talk to you next time on the Tech Zone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.